0: Welcome to the Imago Day podcast, the show of philosophical and theological reflections for today's world. I'm your host, Luis Hernandez, and I am joined by the amazing Professor Joseph Terry. Joe, how are you today?
1: Feeling strong,
0: got the gym in, went to morning
1: mass, and I got a little holy (laughs) water, just dabbed my forehead, so I'm ready to talk.
0: Nice. (laughs) Perfect. Today, we are going to talk about our episode today is on COVID part three. Um, If you haven't heard part one and two of our conversation, we highly recommend that you stop this episode, go back, listen to part one and two, where we kind of give our personal experience as well as just, uh, I don't know, like there was a bit of like a bird's eye view on the pandemic as well, Joe, wouldn't you say? Like, how, I don't know, how would you summarize our, our last conversations on COVID?
1: You know, a general discussion about how we both experienced uh, the mm-hmm. lockdown, COVID, the experience of loss. Uh, I think we also spoke about the economic and sort of the economic infrastructure that was both really shocked by the, yeah. the, you know, the shutdowns and, 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 mm-hmm. and all of that there, but at the same time, possibly even galvanizing some of these poor responses
0: uh, to this really global outbreak, this pandemic. I mean, for me, at least in the part two episode, there was like, you know, I I guess like a a level of positivity that I had and a level of hope that I had um, because at the time of the recording, it was during the heart of this summer where I feel like it was the first time where masks were beginning to come off, where masks were no longer required indoors. And it's, you know, I started to feel normal. (laughs) I started to see people with like without half their faces covered and it's not that I'm against masks. It was just that like there was a visual change to to my world. And so there was a lot of hope in part two. And the reality is, um and we'll this is where we're gonna dive into our conversation mm-hmm. in part three is it's it's not over. <laughs> like the pandemic right. is ongoing. It's actually right. Arguably worse, um, especially for for those who live in areas like Florida or um, Missouri, areas that are experiencing um, their worst um, time of the pandemic. And I mean, I'm just going to start with some very, very uh, bleak numbers, Joe, um, and then I'll I'll hand it over to you. But I I mean, at the time of this recording, um, it's... 4.3 4.3 million deaths globally, 634,000 deaths um, here in the United States. And there's this new Delta variant that is apparently like COVID, the OG COVID strain like on steroids is like way more transmissible. And there's talks of future variants that yeah. may, you know, um, may be able to like just Go through the defenses of a vaccinated person. There's already talks of like breakthrough cases, and I know all of this is like <laughs> morbid and negative, yeah, and, and yeah. I'm putting it out there because um, I wanted to talk about hope in the face of death um, in this uh, in our conversation today. And, and Joe, like just on a personal level, I had a feel, I felt hopeful. Um, right. I would say in like June and and, and July, and then just. We're now in August, and it's kind of like like I feel a lot less mm-hmm. hopeful. Um, I don't feel completely hopeless, but um, it's just yeah, it's just tiring, you know. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. my my question for you, and and just you know, just begin this conversation is is where is the hope in this situation? You know, like how do we how do we make sense of this? How do we deal with this? Yeah. What what should we be doing to Uh, our spirit to Mm. the other like in community and stuff like how do we deal with this yeah
1: thank you lewis not only for the question but for your honesty um with regards to your personal assessment how you've been handling um the maybe i can use the word whiplash right the experience Mm -hmm. of oh things are getting better and then boom you know we're jerked back the other direction Um, So thank you for sharing that and I think you know with regards to the question of hope this is in many ways a perennial question so that we are sitting here talking about this in the context of COVID is of course proper and right I think but that in and of itself is in one sense a springboard for further discussion about hope both philosophically and theologically I think. Now, before we go there, you know, there was something that you shared with regards to your own experience that brought to my mind, I was sitting here listening to you, you know, the field of philosophy coming forth from the German thinker Hirsoral, uh, called phenomenology, phenomenology. And, you know, <laughs> leave it up to philosophy to give us these uh, $10,000 words um, and, <laughs> all, and the allergies. Yeah, all these ologies, Right. But phenomenon, right. Phenomenology essentially is about paying attention to how things appear to us how being is disclosed to consciousness right how Mm. we excuse me in one sense experience things now that being said there are a number of terms that you know we just don't have this is neither the platform nor the time Uh, to really engage in it. But let me just offer perhaps a bit of a phenomenological analysis of, you know, I think the kinds of experience we are all having with regards to this pandemic, regardless of where we land politically and ethically Mm -hmm. concerning certain questions about how we ought to respond, we can nevertheless talk about this experience as such. And, you know phenomenology uh, will say well let's pay attention first and foremost perhaps to the way these things are disclosed to us what is revealed or unveiled in one sense and what is hidden what is uh manifested and what is not disclosed what is what is again hidden and you know the experiences of seeing people with masks right changes the visceral uh can i put existential skin can i say that like kind of like the existential skin of our everyday experience right and we've been in this already for over a year and it's like all right you know we're, we're kind of adjusted but like you said we started to hear the news and see a correspondence of course depending on where we lived or where we live that those masks are beginning to drop, and and now we're back into the stores and into worship spaces and into schools and whatnot, right? But now, once again, there's a return of the masks. There's a return mm-hmm. of the ominous news waves that speak of worse variants, uh, you know, and 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 the numbers increasing again. And you know, this this really messes us up. Because we are trying to, in one sense, find our footing, you know, in this, and it's somewhat tiring to say it, but it is true, the new normal, right? And and even mm. that is almost a caricature of, in one sense, what we're all experiencing. Um, that being said, how do we hope in the face of these continued unfolding events right what is in fact hope i love quoting here from that delicious work in the new testament uh titled the book of hebrews um and so the the old english translation uh speaking of the virtue the theological virtue of hope is this that hope uh and faith right as such which are distinct theological virtues but indeed co uh, you know uh, are coextensive in in some sense hope faith the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen now to speak properly what's being said there is a definition of faith right there is a distinction between faith and hope but what i'm doing here is i want to sort of almost collapsed the two into one. And I want to say that definition once again. Again, given as a definition of faith, but there's something of hope already in it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Starting from the latter, this is this is a very fascinating dialectic, right? Because when we think of evidence, we think of what is indeed seen, whether empirical, that is readily available to our sensorum, our eyes, and what we can hear. Right? There's a kind of one-to-one correspondence, like, oh yeah, there's a car, I see it. There, right? There's the proof. Mm-hmm. Or a seeing of the intellect, right? Um, You know, 2 plus 2 is 4. I can see that. That is intuitive to the rational mind, let's say. So what is this business of, you know, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Evidence of things not seen. And I think this is precisely the point of both faith, which is this living out of hope in the here and now, and hope, which is an apprehending of what is indeed to come now all of that being Mm -hmm. said and and perhaps i've lost some people here right all of that (laughs) you know all of that being said let me say the following you know contextually speaking this is spoken of in the new testament scriptures with the presupposition of a certain kind of supernatural faith given to us by the grace of God. These are gifts. Mm -hmm. This is not something that we can muster on our own end and whatnot. And all that being said, uh, that is indeed true, and we don't want to collapse what is said in Scripture into the mere secular or natural apprehension of things. However, I would like to um, make reference to this wonderful book, and I've probably said this in other past episodes, titled... Came out in the sixties or the seventies, Man's Search for Meaning by the author Victor E. Frankel. He, you know, uh German Jewish uh thinker, psychotherapist. In fact, he gave to us the, the third school of, of, of psychotherapy titled Logotherapy. And he speaks of the need for meaning which again is also distinct from hope and faith but there's a deep connection without hope lewis without hope um we are dead in the water and i like i really mean that right uh it, mm. hope is what galvanizes us it's what empowers us it's what gets us out of bed you know mm. Um, And I mean that both literally and metaphorically for the engine of our everyday life. If I have no hope, if I am indeed hopeless, Lewis, Mm -hmm. uh, then suicide, right? The thought of suicide, the thought of uh, the termination of my own life seems to be the only available option, you see, Mm -hmm. um this is of course a place of despair now okay how do we hope in this situation well thanks be to god this doesn't seem to be a hopeless situation in as far as we are we've been given from the great scientists and minds of our times Certain methods, certain actions right actionable steps that we can take to safeguard ourselves right this is not right we're, we're, the news is not speaking of these things as a kind of invasion of an alien species that we are in in fact completely hopeless right we can indeed adorn our faces with masks, stay indoors, right, be cautious, get vaccinated et cetera et cetera you know the I forget which news outlet uh, put out just the other day, yesterday, I believe, they, you know, the new, newest studies, latest studies about the vaccine, the vaccines uh, of, um, what is it, Moderna and, mm-hmm. and, and the others are, are highly successful against getting mm-hmm. seriously ill where you will have to go to the hospital. So, you know, again, we're, get, we're given certain evidences that secure us in our hope. And, and and thanks thanks be to God for that. But for some of us, that's still not enough, right? Because of the endurance. And and that's what you spoke of. You were like, mm-hmm. bro, but this is going on for like ever, it feels like, right? Even though, yeah. even though we can look back and say, oh, you know, it's only been right a year, a year and a few months, or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. It feels very long. Um mm-hmm. yeah. And so we then have to have these conversations like we're doing here, right? We're doing mm-hmm. here in this platform, having a, a discussion about, okay, well, now all of that being said, practically, how do we do this, right? How do we strengthen our hope? Um, and of course, there are different ways of doing that. One, and I'll give it back over to you, I'll just say one thing very quickly, and we can maybe unpack this or expand a bit, you know, is, 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 is to keep a cool head, on our shoulders you know and and to look indeed at the evidence what what is indeed being said you know to to really look at it and then and then follow suit right now of course because the media empowered by a kind of capitalistic runaway capitalistic framework is mediated to us through a sort of uh sensationalist demeanor, right it's like this like oh mm-hmm. but this new variant and all the scientists are mm-hmm. saying if this delta thing goes unchecked it's like the end of the world right this kind of feeling mm-hmm. it's hard to maintain hope right because it's like oh man shit this is like getting worse like what are we doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that has to be talked about as well like how do we <laughs> how do we
0: handle that i'm very thankful for your response because it there it was able to put language to mm. certain sentiments that i was having and and one of them is um first part first question that i have is yeah. like i feel like through my ingesting of media through different platforms or whatever but just you know primarily to stay informed to figure out what's going on in the world that it also kind of um fostered a a type of cynicism mm. um because and I, I do believe like that cynicism part of that cynicism comes from the sensationalism that you're talking about right yeah, especially yeah. like yeah. at the beginning of this year when we're dealing with the the capital riots and, mm. and and just coming out of the election of the prior year the, the way that these stories were told and the way that the way that we saw the media that came out of these events mm. um, at least for me and I and I don't. Think I'm alone in this? Like there was just a high degree of cynicism at just the different tenets of society. You know, like government institutions or or just health, the healthcare industry. You know, like just different industries and 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 what are purportedly the backbone mm-hmm. of society mm-hmm. and the things that we thought will be there to help us or whatever. It just seemed to not be working. It just, you know, like there just seemed to be a failure that failure bred a cynicism. Yeah. And that yeah. cynicism was something that I carried like for a, a while and then I still have to deal with, you know. I right. don't feel right. as cynical at this particular point in time as mm-hmm. I did prior, but it's still like it's still there, you know. So that that's one thing I would like you to address and then I would also like you to Just provide a little bit of advice for those who have experienced uh, profound loss. There are people who have lost family members, who have lost multiple family members, who have lost uh, a great deal of their finances as a result of the pandemic, and who are dealing with a a, a greater degree of loss, I would say. And it's like, how do they find hope in the face of, of their loss? So the first part is about uh, cynicism, if you could respond to that, like Mm. how to deal with like taking in the senses, but now there's like a cynical (laughs) filter. And then also just uh, dealing with a a greater degree of loss.
1: You know, with regards to both, and I'll address each Mm. of them, I'll say, Louis, that I don't know how to answer uh, without recourse to the spiritual disciplines that I myself am engaged in on a daily basis um i mm-hmm. i i I must pray <laughs> you know i mm-hmm. i i I need to fast to learn how to say no to the lesser so I can say yes mm-hmm. to the greater all these things what I'm saying here, Lewis, is that all these things for me um the the spirit right the spiritual the religious is you know i was having a conversation with my wife about this actually a couple of days is the verticality of reality it is the vertical ascending and descending but we are here caught up in the ebb of flow and time uh the the ebb of of the flow of time i should say which is the horizontal okay the horizontal right we think discursively we live from the past in the present oriented to the future and so we are caught up in the exigencies of of everyday existence but yet to have recourse to the spirit to to give ourselves over to the sacred heart of christ let's say is to turn to the vertical and to to ascend and receive that is descend in that space, which which is beautiful because it safeguards us from the unending, almost banal, everyday existence of, of mm. the horizontal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with regards to the loss of life and family, you know, we, we could speak about that. And, and And a word, particularly a pastoral word, a comforting word needs to be said with regards to that. But with respect to the cynical... <laughs> You know, I, I feel you, bro. I feel you, especially given the, you know, the the amount of information we are, we are, we just typically drown in, right? Mm-hmm. So quick response, limit media intake. And you've already said this, right? Um, we have to become mindful, um, ever more aware of what we reach to in our downtime, whether it's our cell phones and I'm not, you know, I don't want to demonize the cell phones neither actually do I want to demonize the media, but because of the preponderance of all of these outlets, because of all that is there, we have to have certain gauges and we have to be able to be really self aware, right. Of what we're taking in and, and how it is affecting us right that requires a kind of meditative stance that requires a certain kind of disposition which needs to be continually cultivated so we don't fall into that space of cynicism which in one sense when we think about what cynicism is kind of sidesteps the hopelessness of things and it and, and it's a kind of form of anger or you know just a profound discontent right so, so our hopeless feel feeling can turn into that. The cultivation of charity, you know, bro, you know, we need love. Very hard, right? Very hard. It's easy to say we need love. It's very easy to speak of love. Very, another thing to, to really live that out, not mm-hmm. just in, in deeds, but in corresponding words as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, what I do Right speaking in the eye is I try to be mindful of what I'm taking in and 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 what i what that looks like on a very practical level is okay, this kind of news that I've been taking in over the past let's say two or three days, I do a little spiritual what is called an examine, right I look back how like what is that doing to me? what is that doing to my inward life mm-hmm. um am I able to distinguish the kind of feelings that I'm having and and a sort of a rational assessment of the news. Or is it all jumbled together so that now my feelings and my are, are clouding my judgment. And so I'm kind of like bleeding over into a kind of cynical disposition, right? These are things mm-hmm. I, I, I try to do. I kind of look at it and say, mm, this is not really serving me right now. This is especially that I'm in this pandemic with everyone else. This is not the best thing. So I don't want to put my head in the sand and say, okay, turn off the news. And sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes we have to turn mm-hmm. everything off. But just again, you know, putting on a kind of certain valve and saying, okay, let me just a trickle of this. Let me just get a little bit of this. Or at this time of day, I'm going to look at the news. And then listen, I'm looking at the news anymore, right? I'm not, that's it for the rest of the day. You know, I, I took that much in. and That's it. Um, little practical steps. I find, go a long way in safeguarding our inner witness to the life of the vertical, right? The spirit. But I, again, I can't do that without, without the spirit. Mm. You know, for those, I, yeah, go ahead, Louis. No, no, no. Um, finish your thought. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you know, for, you know, for those, it weighs heavy on my heart. You know, I know people who've passed away from COVID and, and those who've lost and and, and it's, you know, what, what can be said? Um, I, I, I'm afraid, uh, to offer words on this platform for those who've lost Lou, because the reason why I say that, bro, is because I don't want it to come across, you know, I don't, it's, it's, is not, this is not trivial. This is not a try, you know, this is, I would want to offer my presence, I I would want to be in solidarity in the deepest way possible with those who've lost. Um, And, 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 you know, of course my heart goes out to all those who've lost. And even in my own family, those who've experienced deep suffering from this, Mm. but, you know, again, the spirit, uh, you know, recourse to prayer uh, in my mind, is a need. It, it, it bypasses so much of the malarkey, so much of the really the bullshit that we sometimes offer in our philosophizing and, and trying to couch mm-hmm. <laughs> the situation in, so, mm-hmm. in such a way that would indeed, in the end, only trivialize it. This is death. This is death, right? We're talking about death. And in the face of that, there are only two options. There's either believing or nihilism. There's nothing Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that's it nietzsche got it right in one sense you know and um so much of the pain that we experience is is of course the the pain of loss but also the shock to our systems because we are in a culture that has done away with death you see Mm. you know we don't see death on a daily basis we have systems and structures that cart the dying away Mm-hmm. And then, when we are presented with death, they are manicured, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then, and then, the only other ways in which we encounter "quote unquote" death is it, it's really in media through some mm-hmm. crazy, sensational, you know, movies or whatever the case is. Yeah. You know, this brings me to a quote here. I just want to offer this quote. It comes from the then Cardinal joseph ratzinger you know pope benedict the 16th you know the retired pro the pope you know the german man he's my he's my boy he's a great theologian and in and this is coming from his work i actually have it here on my desk I'm, I'm reading through it for my own research uh this is titled eschatology death and eternal life and it is a little quote here on page 70 He says on television, on television, death is presented as a thrilling spectacle tailor made for alleviating the general boredom of life. In the last analysis, of course, the covert aim of this reduction of death to the status of an object is just the same as with the bourgeois taboo on the subject. He's he's a little deep here. Death is to be deprived of its character as a place where the metaphysical breaks through death is rendered banal so as to call the the unsettling questions which arises from it essentially what he's saying is this you know we 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 are living in times that that tries to remove the sting of death by our own means so that we don't so that we don't have to deal with the profound metaphysical and existential questions that arise precisely from death right we want to live in our solipsistic bubble we want to remain in the matrix we want to mm-hmm. you know you know return like the the character cypher when he's sitting with uh i almost called him the variant whatever when he was having that stake in in the first matrix <laughs> and he's Smith, like yeah, yeah. he's like put me back in the system i don't want to remember anything mm-hmm. right that's kind of mm-hmm. like what it is and so there it is it's it's uh mm-hmm. you know uh but yet saint paul says no you know death where is your sting not from the side of some kind of duping mechanism not from Mm. the side of some escapism but precisely through death death has been defeated you know it's through the cross which Mm. which means that at least for us christians death is ever before our eyes in the crucifixion but it's precisely through that eternal life
0: yeah so there's a different of course a different dynamism there and yeah um in in closing, I just want to ask you one more question mm-hmm. dealing with uh, connection, connecting with people. Um, some of the topics that we talked about today just reminded me of, I mean, it's more than just a political atmosphere of mm. just like group A and group B. You know, I feel like it has permeated into other aspects of American life and society where there is kind of something in between um, one person connecting with another, especially if those two are strangers, you know, like right. in, in the midst of the pandemic, I think there's a, a challenge that that I am having where if I see someone with like, I'm sorry, if I see someone with like a, a MAGA hat, you know, like I'm already like, I'm, I'm not willing to push myself out of my comfort zone to engage with this person without any type of animosity you know like it, it it just there's something triggering about that for me and or or just if i mm-hmm. if i disagree with someone's views it's already affecting the way that i am called as a christian to connect with them to love them mm-hmm. um so my question for you is like how do we in the midst of this pandemic in the midst of this struggle in the midst of ingesting an overwhelming amount of media that is sensationalizing but also informing us of the chaos that is ongoing um how do we how do we create connection how do we go mm. the extra step you know and 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 how do we deal with rejection you know mm. cuz not everyone's going to you know, I went to a, a Mets Phillies game. I'm wearing all my Mets gear. <laughs> oh, oh, and there was a lot of people who rejected me. Of course, <laughs> and said, of course. They said a lot of things about the Mets that I, I cannot repeat. But, you know, like, how, do, you how went, do we deal th- with th-
1: that? This was in Philly when you went, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to still wear my colors, though. Yeah, that's probably but, right. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, how do, how do we create connection? How do we deal with rejection? Mm. How, how do we as people connect with, with other people in the midst of this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, um you, you know, you said as a Christian you're called to love, and so a Christian response um brings to mind the really sharp Protestant uh theologian, um and ethicist, uh Stanley Harwas. He's retired now. I think he taught out Duke divinity, if I'm not mistaken. He also taught at Notre Dame. Stanley Harawas, he says this, um, and I'm paraphrasing here. um, We learn how to love our enemies when we recognize that we were loved by God.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. (laughs) Then he goes on to say, again, I'm paraphrasing Mm -hmm. here, um, and, and and, and the reason why that's potent, the reason why that's transformative, or at the very least ought to be transformative for us in our ability to love our neighbors, especially our enemies, is when we remember that initially we are, and we were rather, the enemies of God. <laughs> we stand in enmity against God because we were in our sin, in our fallenness, God haters, right? So he's, he's he's quoting here from different passages from the New Testament, right? This is crazy, right? He's like, wait a minute, this, that's true, that's true. It's like, yeah, I was kind of like in an, an enmity with God um you know because i loved my sin and i loved it darkness rather than light and in the way i lived and all that i was kind of like saying forget god whatever you know and Mm -hmm. and so i was you know uh, standing in 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 sort of sort of this disputation with god but yet god's love overcame me yet the cross right while we were still sinners christ died for us saint paul says Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is wild so that becomes the springboard by which we can learn to love our enemies where <laughs> we can learn to love those who who appear to us at least phenomenologically completely unlovable how can i love somebody with a MAGA hat how can i love somebody who holds on to this political position how can i dare and yet you know how can god love me
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and then of course oh. it doesn't do us any good to say well that's god and i'm not god so i can't do it because that would mm-hmm. completely throw away christianity because the whole point of mm-hmm. christianity is to become god-like in every mm-hmm. which way he gives us his very spirit for this we are given the sacraments for this now on the practical side and 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 of course all of what i just said is indeed pra- practical but mm-hmm. let, you know for for those let's say who don't have recourse to to christianity for whatever reason they, they they're mm-hmm. not they're not there Right, or even for us Christians, right? How do how do we how do we do this on the street, right? How's this okay lived out? I get it. I get the theoretical. How do I apply it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Dialogue, dialogue. How do I do that? Engage. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. engage. Let's go back. Remember, God engaged mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. right? Okay, okay. Engage. Recognize that this is a person before you. You have an opportunity to. Perhaps even rescue them from their stupidity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds very arrogant, right? It's very condescending. Mm-hmm. Like, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe you could you can offer a word. Maybe, right? Of course, maybe not. You choose and pick your battle. But I'm a big proponent in dialogue. I I'm a big believer in 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 sharing life and 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 just even having a meal with someone. Um, of course that could be scandalous, right? Because can you imagine sitting in a diner with someone with a maga hat? Let's say for mm-hmm. you. And and mm-hmm. you're across from them sharing a meal, <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like reading the New Testament. It's like, wait a minute, Jesus is sitting with sinners. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, how are you, how are you, how are you, bro? She's a prostitute. <laughs> this guy's a tax collector, right? It's like, oh, God didn't send. Uh, you know, the physician goes to those who are who are sick, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm here. I'm here. So I think a dialogue. I think you know, connecting across the aisle um sitting with people uh, and these are acts of love these are acts of love and an act of the will so that even if i fail to do that even if i was like all right i okay i'm open to this i in my heart i'm i'm willing to do this that's already that's already a breakthrough right Mm -hmm. that's already a shift Mm
0: -hmm. that's
1: beautiful that's something to work with and now let's see if we can kind of put a little meat on the bones there and see if we can move forward Mm -hmm. dialogue is key the mark of an educated mind, right, it's another quote, the mark of an educated mind is the ability to tend to, enter- to entertain a thought without necessarily accepting it. That's the mark of an educated mind, to have the ability to entertain a thought, a position, an ideology, you're entertaining it, you're engaging it, without necessarily accepting it. Right? But that you're able to go there. Dialogos, sharing in word, sharing in being. The logos of God, which is the ground of all of being in reality, became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1, 14. The logos became flesh. God's very word, God's very life, God's very meaning, his his, his heart became one of us. And we we mm. crucified that heart. We silenced it. We said, shut up. We spit upon it. We mm-hmm. crowned it with thorns. We mocked it. And, 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 and yet, this is the Lord and King of the entire cosmos. So this has to be, for us Christians, the central point from which we are to engage the other, whoever the other is, mm-hmm. especially if the other is our enemy. Love transforms enemies into brothers and sisters. I believe that
0: call me naive but i believe it joe thank you very much for those profound words and just sharing the scriptures and, and great intellectual thinkers um i think you know as this this pandemic is an ongoing situation i think if necessary we will continue to have conversations like this and and try to just rise to the challenge of our time you know and i think Having this level of of conversation with you, like on a recurring basis, is is helpful and I hope it's helpful for the listener as well. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome.